Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. Welcome to this On the Continent Transfer Special, your definitive guide to the news across Europe. I'm Dotson Adebayo. I'm Nikki Bandini. And I'm David College. On this edition... How to say no to 259 million quid. The Saudis are offering Kylian Mbappe more money than footballers ever dreamed of in its wildest dreams. But will the world's best player turn his back on Europe's top leagues? And is that tax-free? Also, Lukaku to Juventus, not to Inter. What's happened there? And the big Barcelona transfer giveaway. Some of their biggest names are going for less than a song and your questions on who else is ending up where and how they ended up there in this summer transfer window. Before we get into the breaking news surrounding Kylian Mbappe, we've got some even bigger news. From next season, On the Continent will have its own podcast feed, and what's more, we'll also be releasing two shows per week. We'll still be here every Thursday with reaction to the biggest matches from all the big European leagues and the Champions League. And then we'll also release an Ask OTC episode every Friday where we'll answer all your questions about European football. Hit the link in the description to subscribe now or search on the continent in your podcast app. So, Kylian Mbappe, 259 million quid. This news is just being digested, David. Um, yeah. I suppose it would have come as a surprise, but then maybe not to many people. What was your reaction? Wow. <laughs> um, look, I think this summer transfer window has, you know, largely been about the moves of the Saudi clubs, what mm. they are doing, what they intend to do. But this is on a different scale altogether, I think. Um, and you could even say this is probably the thing that a lot of people actually feared in terms of them going for the very, very top stars. Um, so PSG have received that offer, uh, £259 million. They've given permission to Al-Hilal to, to talk to Mbappe as well. And it's going to be interesting, given the figures that 
you know, uh, are being banded around and, and what Mbappe might earn there. There's even talk, very loose talk of him only staying one year if he did go, earning 700 million if he did go there and then swanning off to Real Madrid at the end of the year, which is it's just, it's just staggering. Um, but I think it very much underlines where the game is right now, I'd say. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating sort of like situation. You just laid it out there that effectively what's being talked about. I mean, should we stress that when we're recording this, there's been no noise from Mbappe at all about this. This is very much like between the clubs. So we have no indication yet that Mbappe would even consider it. Although you guys are talking about the 250 million, that's for the club. The amount that's being suggested for a one-year contract for Mbappe is something else entirely and, and even bigger. Um, but it is still as it is being framed as a one-year hop and then still go to Real Madrid. So yeah. it's not the sort of, I suppose, the nuclear idea of and then Mbappe has gone to Saudi forever. But it's still huge. It's it's still sort of something, I think, transformatively different from what we've had up till now. We've had Cristiano Ronaldo, who, of course, was one of the, well, was the best player in the planet in at least some years, if we go by the Ballon d'Or voting. And, but is sort of undoubtedly at the end of his career now. We've had players who are really sort of big, successful players still playing at the top level in Europe. Your Brozovic's, your, your Mane's now um, being either linked or, or on their way there already. But we haven't had a current, young, arguably best player in the world being talked about in this conversation. So it is a real tone shift. And I think it's one of those moves where if it happens, I think it's... And this is the reason, honestly, this is the reason, in my opinion, why this, the Achil Island and, and the, the backers there are going to be willing to consider it. At, I mean, the numbers being thrown around basically add up to more or less a, a billion dollars for one year of a footballer, which is bonkers, inexplicable, hard to get your head around. But the reason it would be considered, I would assume, is because of the credibility that you create by doing that you create this impression for every other footballer who would now consider that move that well if Mbappe would do it then I would do it yeah. as well yeah this isn't just agent stars that are going um you know and and look with all respect the players like Kulabali, Kante and what have you their time you know they, they, they've been fantastic in Europe they absolutely have but their their better days are behind them this was always going to change in terms of how Saudi Arabia operating when they went for a player like Mbappe and like you've brilliantly pointed out that could change everything. There might be other younger players now looking about. Um, and I remember discussing this with my mates and then and it's funny, and I wonder if a lot of people view it like this. They were, I'm not going to be interested in that league until they actually do get maybe younger players and, and or players of a 24 to 27 sort of age, world class. That's when things change. That's when they're going to get TV rights deals. That's when people are going to start and take more of an interest. And this is the sort of one that does change that and others could end up following younger players. What happens if a really good player does well, say, in Portugal or a league on, who have been typically the last few years a, a brilliant stepping stone league for somebody to get a move then to the Premier League and what have you? What happens if they start saying, oh, right, maybe I'm not going to go to the Premier League. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the money and I'm, I'm going to go now. I'm going to skip that. I know I'm only 21, but I can go out there for two or three years and I'll come back and I can, I'm still only 24, 25. I can still play mm. at the top level in the European League. I can still play in the Champions League. And maybe Zimbabwe is view, might end up viewing it like that. It's only a year. I'm still really young. Next year, I can go to Real Madrid. I can still win everything that there is to win. 
This is going to be like a football gap year. You know, like, <laughs> like students who before they go to university, like they have their gap year. That's that's what this is. <laughs> Excellent way of describing it. But it all depends on what Mbappe does. Um, as David was saying there, it almost gives, and as you've said previous to that, by the way, Nikki, almost gives carte blanche to younger players now to say, mm. well, if it's okay for Kylian Mbappe, it's okay for me. Because the question mark is, do you go out there and... You know, basically go out to fallow in a field rather than play top-level football. That's a question that Mbappe has got to answer now. The ball is in his court. Obviously, the other way around, if he turns it down, then other younger players will say, no, no, whatever you do, don't go to Saudi. Because look at Mbappe. He chose the top leagues in Europe as opposed to the money. It's it's a very sort of influential decision he's about to make certainly um again as, as we're recording this we don't we don't really have any noise from his camp yet um and i think you're you're dead right dotton because i think that him him doing something sets a tone so as you said as we've all said like if, if he goes it opens the door completely and 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 gives license to all sorts of other players to consider something and i do think when we talk about these players because you know I, I think dave and i are in agreement about the sort of players who who are going there i think like in my head, the big distinction is, yes, some some good footballers are going, but would Man City want any of those footballers? No. no. Like, would Real Madrid want those footballers? No. But these are teams at the top of the Premier League are quite actively going, oh, thank goodness, that's some money we can make back. So that's the kind of player that's going. And Mbappe, everyone in the world wants him. So that is, it's it's completely tonally different. And, and I think that um, he, this is sort of, a responsibility he didn't ask for as a young man. It's not a responsibility that he um, uh, sort of sought, but I, I think that is that the reality of his position now is, yes, his, he represents something much bigger. And as you say, I mean, that's an interesting sort of counterpoint to it, Dot. And if he says no, does that make everyone else go, OK, but it's still not that serious? And how do you compare it then, David, to the offer that was made for Lionel Messi? Because that was a quarter of a billion as well. Yeah. I, I know that was in actual wages rather than mm. a transfer. But nevertheless, how does that compare? Yeah, I was going to say it's an interesting amount of money. But I reckon those in Saudi Arabia have probably got to start looking at it and saying, just what MLS did as well. MLS started looking at younger players as well. I remember it changed along, uh, quite a while ago now when Atlanta started buying young South American talents. They started bringing those over. They said they, they wanted to get away from that notion that players could come and finish their careers there. We, they were like, no, we want to build a team. We want to build a nucleus. Um, and that's what they've done. Um, and I think the Saudis will probably see there as well. They'll probably be looking. I think the next part of this project, obviously apart from Mbappe, is that they uh, start looking to places like Argentina and Brazil. And mm-hmm. if there's a player who's 18 or 19, that is who they will start and target. And they'll say that is how we potentially end up growing our league even further. That makes sense, Nicky. But how do you turn down, uh, well, p- potentially 700 million quid? How do you turn that down? I Look, I I have never had anyone offer me anything like that amount of money in any context. <laughs> Get to the back Not of the queue. Not even uh, a millionth of it, probably. Um, so, um, yeah, look, it, it's an incredibly complicated situation, isn't it? I mean, I, you know, as a sort of, human being and and someone who is I guess under the LGBTQ umbrella like it's not particularly sort of exciting for me to see all these players going off to a country with a, a horrible human rights record where lots of people don't get to live very freely or express their sort of who they are in, in all sorts of ways um, so 
for me, it might be quite easy to turn it down, but I can understand that for uh, a young person being offered an amount of money that, you know, vaults them towards being a billionaire, that's quite a big life decision to make. Let's, and I think it's an important point to bring up the whole sports washing issue. I would have thought in terms of um, you as a professional athlete, you're looking at what it can offer me to be the top, the best athlete in the world going forward. I'd have thought that was part of his considerations. Maybe all the other issues are as well, the sports washing issues. But just on the sporting issue, why on earth would you, as a top athlete, as Nicky's already said, we're talking about arguably the best footballer in the world. In fact, most people say he's the best footballer in the world. End of story. Why on earth would you give up the, the sporting potential that you have, mm-hmm. untapped sporting potential, for even a billion quid? It's difficult because he, well, look, he doesn't really want to. He wants to stay in PSG. He wants to stay at PSG. He wants to run this contract down. In September, he's due a signing bonus. And that is why he hasn't moved already. He's wanting to stay, get that signing bonus. I think it's about 80 million, I think. I remember Andy uh, explained, Andy Brassel explained this really well about his signing bonus. And this is why things have moved slowly in terms of moves. Now, Real Madrid are also going to offer him a signing bonus when he goes mm-hmm. there as well. So that could, this could be a perfect situation for him. So he could go to Saudi, collect all the money that he's going to collect, and then also still get another signing bonus as well. So then it becomes an argument, okay, Mbappe, okay, if he really wants to view himself as a top athlete, then what? He stays at PSG, um, he competes in the Champions League, he competes in the top league in Ligue 1, and then he goes to Real Madrid after that. That's ideally what he wants to do. But I, PSG are very much forcing him out they're trying to get him out you've got to remember that and look I'm not saying if Mbappe goes he's not unblemished from the blame here you know everyone's got a part to play in all this as well but I wouldn't I, I get it if he does if he does go those are the reasons why he would go question from Wilson on Insta um, this is the wider question the more profound question really Nicky how is the Saudi league going to impact Europe's elite clubs they've put down a firm marker at this point yeah, it's it's an interesting moment because right now there's almost some um, sense of of relishing in it, I think, from a certain category of European club because they're seeing these opportunities to offload players who they were having a hard time offloading. There's a lot of contracts that are being got out of um, some clubs more successfully than others um, because there's this big pool of money boshing around and and everyone wants wants to 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 make things happen. Um, Got to be careful what you wish for, though, because I can yeah, see other consequences if I, you go down this that is, road. I mean, this is, um, I think at this point, still an unanswerable question. And the Mbappe decision could help form the answer to the question. Um, but even then, I think we're still only going to be getting a short-term answer. Because if you take a step back and look at football for the last four decades, there's been always a shifting sort of power base in football. Where Where is the best football played? Where's the most money? It's never been sort of constant. It's moved around. It's been in Europe. It's been in Italy. It's been, you know, with Madrid. It's been in the Premier League more recently, but nothing holds forever. And right now the Premier League has been the big rich league. And yes, it's plausible that 30 years from now, because there is so much money in other parts of the world, that the Premier League is no longer yeah. the big rich league and it's Saudi. But that doesn't happen overnight. So what does it mean in the medium term? It means that um, certainly a category of player who 
I look at Italian clubs because that's my focus. I look at Italian clubs and think some of these players who are going from the Premier League to Saudi are exactly the sort of players that opportunistic directors like Beppe Marotta would have gone, I can get a bargain on you at the end of the transfer window. Yeah, when get you them on lawn. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so that that is hurting some European clubs. But at the same time, some of those same clubs are selling some of their players and getting rid of them to Saudi. So it's it's a mixed it's a mixed situation at the moment. And I, th- I think that's the most interesting point is that you've got a lot of clubs in the Premier League and a few other leagues as well absolutely relishing this. Look at the Alex um, Alex Tayers transfer. So he went for four million plus bonuses uh, to Saudi from Manchester United. Man United, for love nor money, the past few years have been unable to get rid of him mm. on a permanent transfer. And a lot of clubs are encountering this as well because they've brought in so many players on a very, very nice wages as well. They are happy to not play or they are happy just to go out on loan wherever. Clubs are desperate to get rid of these players. They're trying to get a transfer for them and nobody wants to pay. It's why it's why you look at teams all around. It's why Inter obviously profited from it the last few years mm-hmm. when they brought in some um, some loans as well. Yeah. They've done it really, really well. And now suddenly people are willing to pay money um, for these players that they've got too many of them of on their books. So... The Premier League clubs are—they're not going to be, you know, read about it at all. I think. Are you they're, they're, sure, because yeah. if, if the way. But they're not I, taking the, the. But they're not taking the top Premier League talent. There's for no, now. There's no for one. Now. The, for now, there's there's no one gone. It's not like they're coming in. Say uh, Rashford. So say nobody from Saudi came in for Rashford, offered him a massive contract, and said, "Oh, you come here." Money, I would never under any pressure from that sense. So I think the absolute top top stars. They are not going to go. And yes, we talked about Mbappe as well. But I think, again, we've brought up the reasons why his case, I think, is a very, very special case. But they're not coming for Haaland. They're not coming for that. So I don't think the Premier League needs to worry too much yet. Well, they're enjoying it for now. But how long will it be before somebody like Erling Haaland or indeed Marcus Rashford turns around and says, well, hang on a second, that player who's past his best is earning 10 times what I'm earning out in Saudi I, I want a salary, a fee to match that. I think that's a really hard question to answer because I think a few years ago, no one would have said that Saudi was basically going to own all of golf, would they? There was a split and that was that was um, um, uncertain how it would end. So it's 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 plausible, Josh, and that yes, the money will be there so much, so emphatically that, like I was saying before, that in 20, 30 years' time, you might look around and realise that it's just completely shifted the power base. But I think there's also been plenty of times in recent history where we've seen perhaps not to this degree but different countries whether it's China whether it was even you know I guess to some extent MLS when David Beckham went first went there where there's this big fuss about oh there's a couple of very you know famous people getting very rich off this and then in the long run it turned out not to be sustainable not to be something those questions are hard to answer Uh, this this year it will undoubtedly it will achieve what they wanted it to achieve the Saudi League People will watch it because they'll be curious and either it will be a good product and it will continue to build or it will be a bad product and everyone will go, that's one of those weird sort of wastes of money. And and I can't give you the answer to that right now. Okay, well, we'll watch this space. You said earlier on that actually Italy's your expertise. I would say your expertise goes beyond that. But let's look at the Italian situation for a moment. Romano Lukaku. I mean, he, he he left Chelsea or went from Chelsea on loan to Inter because the fans at Inter were praising his name and he was gagging to go back to Inter and that was his beloved club. Now it seems it's not. Yeah, I don't know. I've 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 so often felt bad for Lukaku. I think he's had some sort of unfortunate decisions, some bad timing in his career. I think there's been sort of things that could have worked out very differently for him. But sometimes it does feel like he just can't get out of his own way. And and this this 
you know, literally in the Champions League final, couldn't get out the ball's way. And 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 this situation um, that's unfolding at Inter, I mean, he's he's made a lot of noise since leaving Inter about how much he loves Inter. He's given what felt like almost an annual interview to Sky Sports in Italy about how he misses everybody and wants to be back there. And he was, it would make sense for him to feel like that because he was an idol first time around at Inter. You know, he got two murals made at Nade to him. He won the league and rode around town, as I talked about at the time, out the sunroof of his car, lapping it all up and be, being the guy, which I think he's been craving his whole career. Um, and he comes back and it's a mixed season, but they go to a Champions League final. And even though some fans haven't really forgiven him, you felt like things were healing slowly. And 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 there was this real move by the club who have not got um, loose purse strings at the moment. Like every club really in the top of Italian football things are, are tight and they've freed up some money by selling Anana so they made it possible if Pepe Marotta could do his magic and make a deal with Chelsea to bring Lukaku back at a cut price they were really working for it and then this sort of news comes out that he's been talking to Juventus as well and there's all sorts of we're in the realm of gossip here but there's a there's a real sort of like extra layer of news about players from Inter saying you know he was texting them one thing and then and people at Inter really feel betrayed about it. People at Inter really feel like, now hang on, we, we've we made some big moves this summer to try to make this seemingly impossible transfer happen because the kitty's empty, there's no money, but we've sold someone, we, we did all this to try and make it happen for you. And and it turns out you were flirting with, you know, our great rival. I mean, you know, there's also Milan as a great rival, but Inter Juve is the Derby d'Italia. It's a big rivalry. Um, and And that at least you know, from everyone at Inter you can talk to, that's that's how they feel. They're un, they're upset. They feel wounded by it and, and they now have closed the door to him completely. Whether or not he will get the move to Juventus, which could end up being a very good move for him, um, is is an unresolved question. Um, Juventus definitely see him coming in and Vlahovic going out would be the deal. And there's some question about whether they could sign him before selling Vlahovic because Vlahovic obviously hasn't gone yet. Um but it, it does feel like an either-or for Juventus. If if Vlaovic were to stay, then there wouldn't be room for Lukaku. So they, they need to make sure that they're going to get the sale to make the purchase there as well. So that's how uh, Lukaku got himself into the mess he's in, mm-hmm. David. How did he get himself out of it? I think it's extremely difficult. I really do think he's painted himself into a corner here. Because I think, like you point out, Nicky, this Juventus move could come to absolutely nothing. And then he is going to be left with Saudi <laughs> we're back there I know I we're going to go there but I know we're there you. but we're yeah. going to have to but it's, that, even that's going to be interesting because obviously the club who wanted him in Saudi have now signed Mitrovic mm. from Fulham so is that another avenue closed off and you look at the latest reports from Chelsea and apparently they're extremely angry and impatient with him and they're just kind of like why are you still here you were meant to sort this you know what's going on the fact that they, they that this situation is where it is right now is potentially your own doing. And that's the big fear for him moving forward. So you do wonder, honestly. So he could end up going back to Stamford Bridge? I mean, he could end up being there. I'm not going to say he's going to play, but he could be there. He could be around the place. He could have a nice place in London and just be about, yeah. But um, yeah, it's generally looking that way. If if Lavich doesn't go and... And I tell you, and who's to say, even if Vlavic does go, that Juventus 
want to persist and think, is this the right move? Another another older another older player, yeah. you know. And I've already seen that a lot of their fans are very much against this move as well. I, I think Juventus' interest is sincere, and I think Juventus' interest is, is sincere for an obvious reason, which is actually what Juventus want this season is to win the league. They're not in Europe; they've they've got the year without it, and they want to go hard after the league. And Lukaku can score goals in Serie right. He's done it. They know he can. I, I personally have some reservations about Max Allegri. If he isn't going to change his tactics, we'll be asking him to play with his back to goal. And I think we saw under Conte, yes, still a team that played deep sometimes, but Lukaku does his best work when you let him run at goal, not back to goal. And, and I, you know, Dzeko was the back to goal striker at Inter, not, not Lukaku. So I'm not sure it would be the, the perfect mix, but I think Juventus definitely see him as, look... Vlahovic has been not awful but not everything we hoped and this year we just need to get back on track we're not in Europe go compete for the league title and Lukaku's track record suggests he can be valuable for that Flexibility is great that's why there's yoga Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ramble.
Well, whilst other leagues have their problems, let's not forget that uh, La Liga has its problems as well in trying to offload players in this transfer window. None more so than Barcelona, I'd have thought, David. Um, Am I right in thinking they're letting some of their top players go for free? I don't know about for free. Um, I just think they're they're in a bad situation. They're in the same situation as they were last summer. Look, they're needing that big sale, like every club does. They're, they're desperate for that big sale. I think they expected players such as Ferran, Francesi, Longley, you know, to be to be gone for fees. Um, that hasn't transpired. I think they even thought that a Premier League team might get a bit trigger happy and come back and try to get Rafinha as well and try and bring him back to the Premier League, bring him back to England. Um, but like I said, none of it's happened. The market stalled. I think they've been waiting for these moves and then in turn, they haven't been able to action what they would prefer to do. Um, they're in this situation again where they're asking people to take pay cuts, where certain new signings can't be registered. And it's just, it is, it's just a rinse and repeat of last summer and it's going to be like this moving forward, I think, at Barcelona and everyone knows that. Um, we're going to get back, I think, to talking about levers and, and, and all this like we have before. Um, because that's the situation. They have spent terribly, quite frankly, for a number of years, and this is why they are um, here now. They've been very lucky, I think, to get Gundogan. Barcelona is still an incredibly appealing place to play for a footballer. You get to live in a beautiful city. You've got beautiful weather nearly all year round as well. You play in Liga, which is still a top five league. Champions League, you can be fighting for titles. No, it's not your CV at all. It's absolutely brilliant. You have a wonderful life there. So they're always going to be an appealing, you know, appealing item for for, for somebody, I think. But Jordi Alba went for free. Yeah, Jordi Alba went for free. Yeah, I know, but look, look, Umtiti's a guy who doesn't play football anymore. Jordi Alba's a guy who they've had the best years from. They're they're happy to get them, you know, they were all on big wages. Busquets, Alba, these these guys were all on big wages. Piquet obviously went before that as well. So they're clearing wages off the wage bull, but they still have some substantial wages on there and they still have deep money problems. Joao Felix is one of the many players he wants to go to Barcelona. He'd bite your hand off to get an opportunity, but he's going back, or he's gone back to Atletico Madrid for now. Yeah, I mean, it's, I just hate the conversation keeps pointing back in this direction, but I also (laughs) wonder another player who, at some point, will that Saudi conversation come up when he's, you know, it would be a very big coup for them if 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 he did. But uh, the problem is that Atletico, like everyone who makes a big investment in a young player, they want their money back. And, he had that loan at Chelsea last year, which was not totally unsuccessful. There were points when there, there were, were good moments. things that happened, um, but clearly it wasn't enough to, to 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 make that deal happen. And now he's back at Atletico, and Atletico went on that long unbeaten run right after he left last season. So certainly, all the word from 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 Simeone's training camp is that he's basically running with the second team at the moment and he was, he was stuck in goal one day oh my so god a little, no. a little, little six aside game in training and he was stuck in goal no. and that was the first um, training session back after this now infamous interview that he did about right. his declaring his love for Barca and, and what's so awkward about that is you're doing that but you also are still saying you want 100 million euros for him yeah. more or less and and it's a very hard square to circle. Barcelona are not going to be the team that pay you that. Like that's just never going to happen. There's not there's not enough levers in all of Catalonia. So um, maybe later in this transfer window, because this is how transfer windows work, some creative financial magic gets worked up for a loan deal that 
um, that can make it work. But right now, I can't see that transfer happening for at least a few weeks because it would have to be at the point I think where everyone's a bit desperate. Yeah. This is this this move since he since Jao Felix came to Atleti from Benfica has been a weight around the neck of both player and club. Why? How? Because Diego Simeone never really wanted Jao Felix in the first place. This was a transfer pushed upon him by George Mendes and those at the top of Atleti. Atleti thought, okay, we can pay hundred and odd million for him. He will then play amazing in your system and we will probably sell him for 240, 250 million in a couple of years time to a Premier League club who, who gets desperate. That was the plan. And Simeone was aware that that was the plan. Now, to get your price tag up, you have to play. So he hasn't been playing too much under Simeone. And when you do play, you have to play really well. Now, he's had some brilliant moments, but very fleeting moments, I think. So his transfer fee isn't going to rise. And now, as Nicky's pointed out, he's played... I think to a level enough that people don't even want to get anywhere near that transfer fee. Now he was, I thought he was quite impressive at Chelsea. I mm. thought I thought he improved them a lot when he played. Chelsea played better. He brought a lot to that team, but Chelsea weren't going to pay that with a new manager coming in. And it was quite clear from the start that Pochettino had other designs, you know, in mind for his team. Jao Felix wasn't part of it. So once again, Jao Felix isn't wanted. This is a player who's, I think, he's a unicorn as well. He, he's such an incredibly gifted player very unique mm. in, in his style he's he's almost a throwback type of player um in the, in the modern game and it's very very hard for a club to bring him in and fit him into a team he has to be indulged he has to be loved in, in, you know both personally as a, as a person and also as a player as well now he's found those two things hard to to come by wherever he's been and it's very difficult to see where he's going to go and he remains in limbo again Another player that just he's just going to stay in limbo right now. It's, it's seemingly like. But from what Nicky was saying a moment or two ago, his his career at the moment is on pause, uh, waiting for the right yeah. economic mm-hmm. uh, machine to kick into gear, or at least the right sort of yeah. uh, economic circumstances to make sense for him to be signed. Is there any? Any sign of that happening? Because we, we, we know from that interview, I'd love to hear what the reaction was to his uh, statement that he would like to go and play for Barcelona. But also, does Barcelona have the same love for him as he has for them? No. I don't think so. I don't think. I, th- I think they've. I think they've got other desires as well of players who they want. I don't think Jao Felix fits into that. I think they've got a different model of running that club right now with, with Xavi at the helm. I don't think they want to take too many chances on on transfers um, like this. There's a there's a big big danger that comes with bringing in Jao Felix's talent as the years. It's a it's a, it's, a, it's a problem deal I think for them. Um, so I don't think the love is particularly reciprocated at all. Um, Zhao can want and want all he likes, but. It's just not going to happen, I don't think. It sounds Shakespearean. <laughs> <laughs> he can want and want and want all he likes. And maybe we'll return to Jao Felix. He's such a, as you say, incredible player that we ain't seen the last of him. And if he were to go to Saudi, Nicky... Ah! Yeah, it would It would be sad. It would be sad. Um, I I think exactly as, as David has described him, he's, he's a player who you almost need a manager with the conviction to build a team entirely around him. And I think about, you know, when Wesley Schneider was not a good fit at Real Madrid, but they went to Inter and won the treble. It was because they just said, right, but we're going to make our entire team, the Wesley Schneider team, despite the fact you have some other brilliant players in it. Like you're going to say that the the starting point of our tactics is you and everything else builds around that. And, and I think that 
with the manager and the players around him chosen, he could be brilliant. But I think um, that's a really hard ask for it's 100 a huge million ask. euros. Yeah. That's the problem. And, and that's why I brought the point about the, the modern game. Yeah. The modern game is required where from the front you have to defend. The people aren't buying strikers now because they want, <laughs> because you know they're needing players who can defend, who can, who can track back and what have you. And João Felix doesn't really do any of that he uh, that's what I'm saying about this unicorn type character he just floats about plays his own pace his own tempo and I do wonder if the modern game is an ideal fit for somebody like him look it's it's there's definitely a market for Jao Felix there's no question there's a market for Jao Felix the problem is that the market price has been set at a price that people aren't willing to pay for a player they have to uproot their whole team for again we're talking in July so maybe in August Atletico will be getting itchy enough that they think we have to cut some sort of leeway somewhere. But And maybe PSG don't have Mbappe anymore, so there might be room for Joao <laughs> Felix. That's true. So I'm going to give you that one, and I'm also going to give you a potential return to Benfica. Swap, oh. swap deal with Gonzalo Ramos, because that let you desperate for a striker. Joao Felix takes a wage cut and just say, right, I just want to go back home. I want to be loved again. So no. if let's get away from the Saudi subject and let's give him two moves <laughs> there in Europe. <laughs> of course, we always welcome your questions at Football Ramble, at Dotton Adibaya, at Nicky Bandini, and at David Jacka, J-A-C-A. This question from Marissa on Insta, uh, this is about the other football transfer stories that are abound. Uh, what are your thoughts on Wilfred Zaha going to Galatasaray? It's, I just think it's, um, I think it's because I'm sat in Andy Brassel's chair today. The Turkish question's been thrown to me, hasn't it? Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's, I suppose, a bit like Harry Kane this summer. It's like one of those cautionary tales of if you sign a long contract, it's going to have a big impact on your career. So be careful what contract you sign. Because a few years ago, I think Wilfred Zaha had a, a window when he could have gone to, you know, Premier League teams that were aspiring to play in the Champions League. Mm. And I think that now he's 30 and that window has, has slipped away from him. Um, I mean, of course, at 30, he doesn't have to slip away from him. You've seen some players playing in Champions League finals who are a lot older than that. So, but I, I think, I think he's... In Maria. Yeah. <laughs> his market's changed a lot and maybe maybe Galatasaray will be a great moment for him and he'll go there and and put himself on display enough that people look around and go, well, actually, he's in a year's time, only 31. Mm. Um, but it, it does feel a bit like he's he's missed something, Zaha. It feels like there was a moment for him a few years ago when it could have been a bigger move than this. Yeah, football is miss, the transfer windows. It's important to mm. move at the right time, mm. as we all know. Ask Harry Kane, for example. But uh, Wilfred Zaha, would that be a good move for him, Galatasaray? He would need to play almost up his game, wouldn't he? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, they still need to get through the qualifiers in the Champions League to to, to play in the Champions League. So there's obviously that's there. He's probably looked at it and thought, right, we can we can get there. He's obviously going to have the atmosphere. He's going to have adoring fans. You've already seen the we've already seen the welcomes there when he's arrived at a Turk exactly, Airport. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So so that's there as well. And you know, Istanbul, nice city to live in as well. Again, so he's probably <laughs> looked at it from a few different point of views. He's going to be earning a nice wage as well. It's something a bit different. Um. So can probably see the appeal of it there. I mean, it, it, I, I won't lie, it's confused me a little bit, absolutely. Mm. But I, I, I think I can see the points of what he's looked at and said, right, this is why this moves right for me. It, does it feel as if he's accepted his level, if you like, at some point? Because for a player of his talents, don't get me wrong, he's done amazingly for them, but arguably Crystal Palace weren't quite up to his uh, No, it's been tough. He's had, he's had to really dig in. And he's also perhaps being superseded there by Ezia and Lisa 
They've got oh, them, yeah. oh, you know. Good. They're good. Exactly. Next generation <laughs> talent that they've got there that they've brought in very smart moves that they made from QPR and Redden. Mm. Um, so, so they're moving on with them. I think his other options in the Premier League, say if it was a, a Chelsea, um, they are going for younger models now. Madawike, Fafana, uh, Nico Jackson, Nkungu. So they're looking at a younger player. Um, it would be very hard, I think, maybe for a, a, a team to justify a player who's going to get 200, 300 grand a week or whatever he's going to be earning at that stage of his career. So I can completely see why the doors have, have shut around him. So. And, and, you know, there are, you know, this is a team that just won the league in Turkey. It is a team that has brought in some pretty big names in recent years where some players perhaps have been able to to claim that window. I mean, Mario Cardi had a fantastic season there last season. Um, there are There are examples for going there and, and, and making things out of it. A question for you, I suppose, Nikki, but you can join in as well, David. Um, this is from Shoulder Monkey on Twitter. What will Samuel Chukwueze bring to Milan? Will he finally solve their long-standing issue on the right wing? I, I think it's it's an obvious fit for Milan. They've been needing to to reinforce the attack in general. I think last season there was just such an obvious over-reliance on one side of the pitch, which was Leao and Teo Hernandez, both on the left-hand side. So you needed to have some some alternatives. Obviously Pulisic is part of that picture as well. Like giving yourself a variety of options um, is really important. Um, I still feel like they are crying out for an actual centre-forward. Um, and and Chigwezi, um, if this deal goes through, Limits your options in some ways, so I think that fills their last option for signing a non-EU player this transfer window. So that would certainly restrict their buying options for who else comes in up front. They have brought Lorenzo Colombo back from loan, so they've got Colombo as their backup to to Olivier Giroud. And listen, I love Olivier Giroud and and continue to appreciate everything he does, but I really think they should be looking hard in what's left of this transfer window. At, at better alternatives if they're intending to compete in the the Champions League as as effectively as they did last season. But but he's a good player and I think does um allow for some real sort of more interesting options in terms of having some balance in the team because of course Leao, you know on the left hand side, he was cutting in so nicely. You have um him and Teo Hernandez on the overlap a lot of the time. Actually they're going to have lost something with Tonali going because those three in as a trio, all swap positions really, really effectively. But now, at least, um, you know, it's not just going to be the left-hand side your opponent has to worry about if you can have someone who cuts in as effectively as, as that on the right. Yeah, very direct winger. Um, I, he burst on the scene at Villarreal. He was, he, he was excellent. He really was. And he, he looked like one of these players who was going to just get a major move um, for, for a lot of money. But he's kind of stalled, I'd say, the last one or two years um, and not really kicked on. So I think this move would come in at an ideal time for him, a fresh, fresh outlook um, for him. Um, but yeah, he's still a talented player and this could be exactly what his career needs. But yeah, unfortunately, just just stalled a little bit for the real the last few years. Jeremy Pino has come through, I thought, and then Nico Jackson more recently as well, who's obviously got, now gone to Chelsea. So th- those players have kind of taken over from him. And he's uh, So yeah, this should be a good move for him. This is also, you know, we've talked about it on this pod a lot. Stefano Pioli is a really good developer of young talent. He's 24, he's not a kid but he's not old either I think it's it's a good spot to go if you feel like you want to get better I think Nikki, David thank you very much we'll be back next week with another OTC transfer special see you then
The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.